good scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, luck happened upon me this morning. I've been trying to get a show uh, with my good friend, Brian Nichols, for quite some time. As you can imagine, things have been fairly busy uh, in the background. Uh, but I'll tell you, let me let me give you a little uh, background on Brian. Um, Brian is one of these guys in the Liberty space that is just consistent. He is absolutely down for the cause of Liberty um, he had me on his show for the first time back in 2018 after I ran as a Republican, like a Liberty Republican. Uh, he reached out to me from uh, PA, and when he did, I was like, wow, okay, this is this is pretty cool to have a Libertarian reach out to a guy that was a quote-unquote Republican at the time uh, that had run a very Liberty campaign for a primary um, nonetheless. And, you know, we got about 30% of the vote, um, reached out and said, hey, man, I'd like to have you on my show to talk to you about uh, what had happened. Uh, he was, I think, one of my very first libertarian podcast interviews, maybe the first. Uh, so it means a ton uh, to have Brian on this show. And I'll give you a little more background. Um, so, so Brian runs The Brian Nichols Show. And The Brian Nichols Show... Um, not only does it focus on liberty, but it focuses on branding. It focuses on business. It focuses on taking the liberty message and the lifestyle and, and, and I should say making the liberty message a lifestyle so that you can sustain yourself, so you can work in an economy, make an economy that is self-sustaining in liberty. And that's obviously where a lot of us are going um, a lot of my ideas for like making this something that is, you know, what I do full time have come from Brian Nichols. So uh, it gives me great pleasure and humility and humbleness to introduce you guys to a guy that I can't believe I haven't had on the show yet. The great, very festive Brian Nichols. What's happening, <laughs> What's up, man? man? <laughs> my goodness, Shane Hazel, that, that, that intro, first of all, like, I don't, I don't know, man, I, I feel... Really, like I have a lot to live up to going on to the episode today. Um, we just call it right you. here on a high note, right? Just call it here. Yeah, I know, but thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll we'll talk to you next week. No, that was um, very, very, you know, truly means a lot to me, Shane. Um, and tr like, it's amazing. Four years ago is when we first connected. But to your point, like, what you did from a messaging and a marketing approach in that primary, and it really just piqued my interest. Was you you were taking the mantle of the approach that the Thomas Massey's, the Rand Paul's had, had brought forward. And I want to see more folks like you run as a Republican to primary folks. I think that's what we kind of talked about was the importance of having those Liberty Republicans, but also the importance of needing to have an alternative, which obviously leads us to where we are today with the big L Libertarian Party, which I'm sure we're going to be talking about some today. But otherwise, no, thank you. Um, and yeah, what we want to do is meet people where they're at on the issues they care about, right? So yeah. it's one thing for us to, to know what we, we care about and to really be passionate about those issues. But 
to get people to care about them, how do we do that? Well, first, we have to at least show them that we we are curious and we care about the issues that matter to them. So once we do that, meet them again where they're at on those issues that they care about, bring our liberty based solutions, build real uh, real relationships and uh, really show that we care. Then uh, once we solve their problems, show that we have a path forward, bring them into our world. So that's what we're doing over the Brian Nichols show. Um, but Shane, yeah, thank you for for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking to your audience today. Dude, I think it's cool that we actually even, I mean, this is, this is going to be a cool crossover. So it's one of those where I get to, we get to talk about like some current events. We get to talk about like what's going on. Where do you see everything going? Um, kind of what I had, you know, I know I can get on with you and we can spend, we can blow through an hour with no problem at all. Right. And so, um, in, in the current environment, you know, I look around at, at people who, who message Liberty really, really well. And I mean, top of the line people and, and Brian, you're obviously, you know, top of the line like this, when we're talking, like when I see the Liberty landscape where I see guys that don't really give two shits about monikers. Um, they see the end goal and like the end goal is it, man. It's like, Hey, like, you know, if, if we can work on even, you know, this one little issue together, well, let's work on that. Right. And it's not like the libertarian space. And I know there are other spaces out there as well, where it's just like, no, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. It's just, I mean, Oh, it's just constant. And it's just like, guys, like, they're out there and I, I get it. Like, I know there's some nuance and everything else and we're so autistic, but it's like, I think there are some people who have solved this very well. I think you're, you know, one of them. And, um, to, to constantly not be distracted by the ether, like what's your secret? Uh, I'm a sales guy. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Like, and, and I'll tell you why that, that works is because, and, and at the end of the day too, I talk about this in my show, we're all sales guys uh, or girls. Uh, and with that, what that means is we're not necessarily selling a thing, an idea, an object, a service. We're trying to sell the idea of change, getting yeah. people to move from one spot to the other. And, and with that in my, you know, my market, right? I look at, I have competition everywhere in, in the private sector. So I'm not spending my time trying to convince my competition that they're, they're wrong and that I'm right. But rather, I'm going out and trying to find a, a market, a customer that I can bring value to, sell my products, sell my solution to. And I think, and frankly, I, I'm seeing this be the, the result, is that if we bring this to the liberty movement, bring this sales and marketing approach that works in the private sector, bring it to the, the liberty movement, we're going to find success. And I mean, frankly, Shane, that's where I think I've found the success is, is being able to understand that that's what we're trying to accomplish. It's really, so Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street, despite all the, the craziness and the, you know, the hysterics from the movie, he actually is a very successful sales guy. Yeah. And if you listen to some of his trainings, um, great stuff. And one of the approaches he talks about is the straight line approach. And you, you hinted at it, right? What is the end goal? The end goal in this case is trying to bring liberty in our lifetime, which sounds, yes, very grand and cliche. But with that being said, we still have a direct path to that being our end goal. So in that straight line approach, everything we do and everything that we're trying to accomplish going forward should be in the pursuit of that end goal, liberty in our lifetime. So back to your point, right? Let's take the little victories where we can get them and build relationships, build coalitions with folks who are going to help us achieve our end goal. And along the way, we can have the success of accomplishing their little pet projects 
and build that trust to bring them more towards us versus starting out with, you don't agree with me. Here's why you're wrong. And here's why I'm right. And thinking that we have to engage in arguments. I don't know about you, Shane. I've never been convinced by somebody online trying to tell me I'm wrong. As a matter of fact, I've only found myself digging my heels in and reaffirming why I'm right, which frankly is why I stopped doing that. Yeah. And why my show back in 20, uh, beginning of 2020 took a complete hard turn towards selling Liberty. And, and that's why what we do on the show is use what I've learned in the sales and marketing world of the private sector and bring it to the Liberty movement, teach those basic fundamentals all the way from, you know, understanding your, your value, value proposition, prospecting, going through and talking about, you know, how do you peak interest? How do you uncover objections and concerns? And how do you prepare for those? Uh, being able to know your market, like all the basics. We're focusing on that because at the end of the day, if we're trying to be a one size fits all approach for, for every single person out there, guess what? We're going to keep getting like one to 3%. But when we double down in our niche and we figure out who is our target market, who is our specific voter that is going not just to agree with us, say, oh yeah, I like those ideas, but actually is going to be motivated to go out, go to the, the voting booth, go get involved, you know, leading the, the community involvement uh, events, going out and having the booths, going out and, you know, uh, petitioning their politicians, whatever it needs to be, we need to be the ones engaging in that, that specific niche and getting people activated. Otherwise, we're just going to continuously be the, the third place, third choice, and suck at one to three percent and that's not something that i want to be a part of yeah. and frankly nobody else does either people want to be a part of something that wins and if we continue not to win <clears throat> then why are we surprised that we're not winning i know i kind of took a hard turn towards the liberty movement there but like at the end of the day what is our goal yeah. our goal is to win, um but also to spread the, the the message towards that pursuit of liberty so how do we do that we we have to be smart. We have to go after specific target markets and, and areas that we have the chance to really influence an election. Shane, what you're doing in Georgia, right? Like when you're on stage as a foil between Kemp and Abrams and you're addressing not, you're not responding to narratives. And this is something we talk about in the show is you're setting narratives and you're making Abrams and Kemp come to the playing field that you're setting for them versus going and playing their game. That's incredibly effective because now you're having the audience hear things in a way they've never heard before. And we always talk about this in sales, Shane. Once you see it or once you hear it, you can't unsee it. You can't unhear it. So we have the responsibility to be the ones planting those seeds of doubt and showing them and, and exposing them to things they have not seen or in the context that they have not experienced before. And that's where we're going to have the most success. And using those platforms that we're given to do so. Yeah, hundred no, um, percent. When when we talk when when we're talking about like liberty in our lifetime is a goal, um, and you know doing this very much you know on an on an individual basis, even from you know here when we're talking to our audience, a lot of times that's a very intimate relationship. Whether they're on their way to work, whether it's on their way home, whether it's while they are working, it's an AirPod in the ear or whatever it is. Um, that intimate relationship, do you find just w when you took that hard turn in terms of like, all right, we're not just doing liberty type of thesis. We're not, you know, like we're not, we're not talking high level. We're not doing any, we're going to, we're going to turn and address this as an individual thing. And at the same time, when we're, when we're addressing the individual 
do you find the difference when you're trying to lift that person up? Like, do you, do you just understand, like, if I can help this person, if I can not, not so much in like, I'm going to change their life for the better, but I'm going to literally help this person's life. I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to give of my time. I'm going to give of resources, whatever it is. How profound a difference does it make to be able to do something like that for somebody that you're trying to bring into the Liberty Movement? Oh, it's huge. Um, everybody is tuned into the same radio station, Shane. You know what it is? W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? And we have a responsibility Ayn to Rand. answer. Right? You like that? Yeah. yeah. We have a responsibility to answer that question and to, to tune into that radio station for our, our customers. And in this case, it's our voters, right? Um, and and if we're not doing that, somebody else is going to, whether it's the GOP, the, the Democrats, the Green Party, somebody's or, or somebody nefarious is going to be able to manipulate folks and, and feast on those desires and, and those needs and, and, frankly, those fears. And we know fear is one of the main selling points. People buy on emotion, and those main driving emotions are fear and love. So with that, understanding that fear is one of the main driving emotions, we have a responsibility, again, to meet people, again, where they're at, find out what is in it for them, what what are they going to get out of this issue, and focus on those specific issues. We If we don't show that we care, then how can we expect them to care? You yeah. know, and I think that's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's like the old school way I was raised, like up in northern New York, like upstate New York values, but like just kind of the the, the you know, treat others as the way you would want to be treated. And I've taken that approach into my sales and I just find it works more effectively. Cause like think like and I've heard so many sales coaches and stuff, like, you know, oh. If you call this person at four o'clock and in the afternoon, you're more likely to get them on the phone. And then, you know, you, you get them on the phone if you use this specific, you know, phrase versus this specific phrase. And if you call them three times in a row and, and, and with different numbers and like all these little tricks that people try to implement. And I think to myself, like, what if that trick was used against me? What if I get three calls in a row from three different numbers? Am I going to answer them? And if I do, Am I going to be happy with the person on the phone talking? Probably not, right? So we take that and we talk about, well, when we're getting marketed to by the Republicans and the Democrats, what do they do ineffectively that we don't like, right? And, and they seem to think that they deserve our, our liberty-based vote. So in turn, what can we do better when we're reaching out to other customers? And I would say in this case, our customers aren't other Republicans and Democrats, but necessarily it's going to be folks out there who are the ones who are unaffiliated, apathetic, they didn't vote, namely because they probably look at the political process and they're like, why waste the time? Nothing ever gets accomplished. It's a big it's a big waste of time, energy, effort, and frankly, a big waste of money. So they just don't want to take part in the system. If we're able to give them a real path forward, then that's going to change their tune. And all of a sudden, it's not going to be a matter of you have half the voter block. And that half the voter block is then halved again. And so you have a, a constant between 25 and like 23% of America determining the entire direction 100% of the country is going to go. All of a sudden you wake up an entire, literally half of the voter block that's not been activated or haven't gone out and done something with their vote in the past, get them involved and all of a sudden give them a voice. That's the part that we need to, and, and frankly, there's a huge opportunity. 
I get so exhausted, Shane, with the, the back and forth of like, should we have more right-leaning uh, messaging? Should we have more left-leaning messaging? No, neither. We should be going out and figuring out, as you, you've been really leading with your show, I know you've been doing great with the Bitcoin community, right? Like, go and find those specific niche of, of folks who are going to be empathetic to us on one binding issue. Earn their trust. Show them that there's a path forward for their pet project through us. And then once we get them on board with that, bring them forward to the other areas that you can, you can tie the logical conclusion, right? Hey, person a, that you now agree with me on Bitcoin and the Liberty based solution. The reasons you agreed with me on this are logical framing here. This is also true in this other area and bring them down the rabbit hole. Right. And, and now it's not a matter of having to try to convince them on, you know, are, are you a good libertarian or not? You're just showing them the new ways and the new things they probably haven't considered before and let them now have to agree with in the past. I now see the logical uh, conclusion of my one pet project embracing this liberty-based solution. Maybe I have to like get rid of this other preconceived notion I had on this other issue and try a liberty-based solution. And once we start to have those victories, Shane, and, and get more and more people to start to, to say, oh, Oh, it does work. That's when we're going to have even more success because then it turns from just being a cultural conversation to now we're getting more people into elected office. Now we're making real substantive changes and reeling back what government's been able to do over the past 250 plus years. How can we do that? We do that one step at a time. How do we eat the elephant? One bite at a time. Uh, and it requires us, though, to take those step by step incremental wins and, and really appreciate them and celebrate them for wins. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's. I can't understate that enough. We have to celebrate victory and show people when we do have success and what that success yields. Because if we don't, and we're wasting a great opportunity to showcase when our ideas do actually work. So you, you brought up a, a really uh, a key word there, the Bitcoin word. You know, it's <laughs> here, here we go a little bit. Um, the, the Bitcoin world in terms of being um, this adjacent liberty community, which is, I mean, some of the best, like I would say the best people in Bitcoin are Austrians, like no kidding Austrians. Because they get, they get the economics behind it. There, Yes. And, and I mean, it just makes it like, oh, wow, you guys actually codified through, you know, cypherpunks, the, the idea of a cryptographic um, bank that you're your own bank. And now we can do like amazing stuff this community has not only like for me what i've found is is you know as some people were republicans or some people were democrats and they came to be libertarians i find the same things in the bitcoin community where you've got a bunch of different backgrounds over there you've got people that are greenies you got people that were republicans you got people that were democrats you have all these people who agree now on Really, what's wrong with the world? You know, a fiat currency, a, a broken communications protocol is what I talk about all the time lately. And they have a no kidding viable vehicle where you're sitting there going like, hey, libertarians, hey, Bitcoiners, hey, you know, all these other groups that are out there that are kind of coalescing at this point. And you're mm -hmm. like, let me introduce you guys because you guys should be best damn friends. Like, and a lot of times people are like, well, you know, how is Bitcoin going to fit into libertarianism? I'm like, no, how is libertarianism going to fit into Bitcoin? Right. And so um, this this communications protocol that we have in, you know, and I look at it as like, man, until 
the money is fixed. This communications protocol is fixed. And liberty type of campaigns and all that are great for getting out ideas. Not so much for taking, quote unquote, power, whereas the power that is already like quantifiably being taken away from the Fed and from the fiat sources, like this is a real thing that everybody can do on a daily basis, whether it's getting out of their banks, whether it's getting out of the forex exchanges, whether it's getting out of the stock market, what whatever I mean, Shane, casino. really quick, I don't mean to interrupt. Sure, go ahead. Like, yeah, please do. One thing that you just pointed out, think about all the important people in government who have been openly and vocally, right, against Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Yeah. Why are they doing that? Because they view it as a threat, right? So when they start to see something become a threat to the system, that becomes the target versus libertarians, right? We don't even get a seat at the table many yeah. times because they, and I'm sorry, this is the reality for a lot of us out there. They don't view us as a threat, but when yeah. they start to view us as a threat, what do they do? They get us off the ballot. Look at Larry Sharp up in New York. Yeah. They didn't even give him a chance. He ruffled some feathers last election cycle. And they're like, gone. can't let that happen I was, again, we, right? We was talking with him and uh, Josh Smith and, and the guys last night. And he was saying, and, and I didn't know this, that New York was the only place, well, I should say the only place, but New York's ballot access for libertarians is based on the governor race and the governor race Correct. alone. So if yes. they're kicking him off of the ballot as the governor, then you've got yep. no hope whatsoever of competing. Whereas this this Bitcoin vehicle, this Liberty Bitcoin vehicle, they can't they don't have a choice like they they are addressing it or being beat by it in real time around the world and when you look at foreign exchanges right now and you know what i i'll tell you what i watch is you know the the british pound like the british pound going to a central bank digital dollar now to try to like compete a little bit in this and they're just going to get walloped like just if you're looking for ROI the best thing you're going to do is get into that space and start being advocates for that space and saying, hey, everybody, there's a parallel economy where there's not a third party that can take your stuff through taxation and you know all that kind of stuff. It's like, hey, guys, we can do this very peacefully with no, like with minimal, um, minimal, let's say resistance. It's, it's, it's just the, the, the field has been changed the battlefield has been right. changed and i think yep. that's one of the things that i go oh wow we just tilted it to where now they're trying to assault us and we're at the top of the hill over here financially which that changes everything well and take it a step further beyond bitcoin let's let's go behind why bitcoin works so well as an alternative it's because bitcoin inherently is is built outside of the purview of government oversight, yep. right? And that's why it works. And then that's why, again, the government hates it so much because they can't see into it. So in my mind, in my mind, I see us kind of trying to like, not necessarily replicate, but at least rhyme what worked with Bitcoin in other areas, right? So when you start to, to look at, well, what if we start to have less uh, you know, health insurance, right? Let's look at that topic in particular. You get rid of the manner in which you're funding the insurance system. So we're seeing 
uh, entities out there like Crowd Health. Uh, they're going to be a new sponsor here over in the Wheel. Hell yeah, Libertarians. great guys. Yeah. Right, awesome, awesome product too. Like, think about what they're doing to disrupt the insurance marketplace. So, and 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 let's go like parallel to the business world. Anytime you think of a big company right now, they were at one point in time an innovator in their marketplace. Apple, they they came out with the idea. I don't know where my phone is somewhere here. here um, like they came out with the idea that a phone, there you go, could all of a sudden go from having physical buttons to being a touch screen with one button, right? And and a lot of folks were like, that's insane. Nobody's going to use that. And then iPhone laughed their way to first place in the phone sales for like, what, 15 years a, now? A long time. Point, right? So like Apple was a major innovator. Uber was the first ever ride sharing service. A ride sharing service? You mean a taxi? No, no ride sharing people are actually going to go ahead and get into a car of a random person not, not a taxi driver just a random person by using an app you you told somebody that 10 15 years ago they would have been like that sounds bizarre all of a sudden fast forward to 2015 2016 that was the the norm yeah. if you were trying to commute anywhere in a big city and it took those disruptors to do things differently to then reestablish a new norm and think about uber uber i mean for all the, the nonsense that they've had to go through over the past few years, you go back to the way they started, it's overtly in a libertarian kind of mindset, right? Think about what they did. They uh, navigated around the taxi medallion laws in New York City, let's look at, where it's going to cost you upwards of a million dollars, Shane, to be a taxi cab driver yeah. in New York City. What? That's insanity. So <laughs> you have all of a sudden Uber being like, hmm, well, if we don't call them taxis and we call them ride sharing, we can get around this. And, and what they did was they established a great product. And in this case, it's the service of ride sharing. And it caught on so quickly and was so popular with its customers that government regulators were so far behind in trying to catch up to it that by the time they started to write uh, legislation, it, it was overly like it was so overly popular that the legislation was basically dying. I saw this in Philadelphia firsthand, Shane. They were trying to regulate Uber drivers in in like with similar taxi laws, and the the bills ended up just getting crushed because. It was already so loved in yep. the, the city. So you see this in these different areas and you see the success that they have. Let's do that. Let's start to do more of what works and what we've seen work. And it's not necessarily copying again, but more so just using the, the things that we can objectively look at and be like, yep, that worked. And here's why. Yep, that worked. And here's why. And let's use the here's why's and apply it to the things that we're looking to accomplish here in the greater liberty movement. I don't. I think that is the most no-brainer, successful way that we can actually go ahead and have real political change. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is decentralization. Everybody, you know, that would have been scared, right, by the idea that you're using an app on a, you know, a, de a device to... Stranger danger! Get, yeah, to get in a stranger's <laughs> car. But the, you look at the communications protocol again. I'll go back to it. The communications protocol yes. is a positive incentive base. It, 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 you have an incentive as a customer to be on your best damn behavior. You have an yep. incentive as the driver to have a great car and to be on your best damn behavior, right? And make this experience the best for both people so your incentive structure that communication protocol that they did kind of like bitcoin going from zero to one in terms of there wasn't anything like this and now there is something like this and right. we're we're absolutely 
decentralized and and as free as it can be, right? The adaptability of each driver to be where they need to be, to kind of pick their zones, to operate in an area, all these very independent, free type of decisions that are made by the people on the ground that are doing the work and providing the services. And you're like, all right, we can do this everywhere, guys. This should be our model. How do we set this up in, let's say, education? Do we go out and we say, hey, listen, you as a student get a ranking. You know, if you're going to be a good student, if you want to go to a certain type of school, if you want to, you know, you know, science and tech or an art school or whatever it is, as you know, one of these, there are organizations that will set up sponsorships. There are, you know, I mean, and, and I mean this in the most endearing way that you can set up corporate sponsorships. Like if there's somebody who needs you know, people in terms of workers and they are setting up the right type of schools. And now you're incentivized as a student, as a parent, as teachers, you know, to rate each other, to be on your best behavior. Can you imagine the difference in what happens with your kids and how they're being educated and how the the parents and the, the staff are going to be some of the best that they can be because the ROI demands it. And that's yep. the, the marketplace demands you be the best using the least amount of resources possible. That is the Austrian theory come to fruition. And it's it's not hard. It's, it's going to happen like one way or another. I think this is all going to happen across the board when, I don't know, I think they're going to, I think very soon you're going to see abandonment maybe within 2023 of giant giant government programs whether it's the department of education whether it is maybe some of the doe which i think begrudgingly they're going to have to give up because we're mm -hmm. in such a hurt locker when people are freezing this winter because gas prices are too high oil prices are too high like the only thing that they're going to be able to do and not cause riots and hate and war is to get out of the way and to allow people the freedom to to go and, and make some solutions happen, some adaptability. Yep. Well, and let's kind of go back a little bit. You talked about starting these solutions. It, it is happening right now. And I think you're right. 2023 is going to kind of be the culmination of that. Yeah. You go through let's think about the main areas that government controls and you we were touching on one the, the the monetary system what's the other area we're seeing get just absolutely decimated this past few years as parents have woken up and that's schooling right yeah the indoctrination centers that we called public schools i was corrected by my good friend Corey DeAngelis. they should be called government schools um because that's exactly what they are youth, and government government youth indoctrination camps that, but like, think about it. If you were to go back and sit as fly in the wall and listen to the the conversations taking place about why we should have the Prussian school model back in the the turn of the 20th century, with all the the movers and shakers here in America at that time, do do you think that you fast forward to today, they would have gotten exactly what they would hope for? Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody, and you know what's funny? I think back to my uh, my biology teacher, Mr. Kennedy. He was fantastic, and uh, he once talked about how because he he he's not a fan of the traditional education system, and he was talking about how you know 
every single school. You have little sheep and they go into the school bus and they get herded to the, the school and all the little sheep get out the bus and they go to the school and they sit there and they get told all, they had to have no every single day. And then you get back off, you know, into the, the bus, you get herded back home. And that's exactly what the, the government schooling has been, it's been designed to do and has accomplished is create good little workers who can just go in, be mindless office drones, a la Michael Scott in the office where we are office drones. That's what they want. They want people to be a good little yeah. note takers and, and test takers. Go to the DMV. Take your stupid little test to show me that you can you can uh, you know get your license to go drive your car. You're gonna have to pay three hundred dollars a year just to drive on the uh, the government roads. That by the way, the government has a monopoly on uh, on paving and such. Like this this is the system right there that we see inherently built to be reliant on government. And if we get rid of the reliance, that's where they lose the power. It's like it's a, I guess, a kind of fucked up analogy. But like, if you were to look at a domestic violence uh, victim, like giving them the means to defend themselves against their abuser, right? Like, why are we like, why would we give that or make rather make that person's uh, life more difficult? Yeah, in defending cent- themselves, cent- right? centralizing the right to defense, right? Like, all exactly. of this, all of this makes perfect sense. And like, like you said, you know, transportation, roads. If you are incentivized to be a good driver on a private road and that road is incentivized to be a good road so that you drive on it, you use it, you want to, you know, like pay for these things. And they're also incentivized to have as much traffic as possible to help pay for these roads and have the right kind of schedules for doing maintenance on the road so that like you're not. Do we think Amazon, do we really think that Amazon, Walmart, target like just just naming the like those top right. three and they go to the, the grocery stores like are we all going to pretend that those entities are going to allow the infrastructure to crumble to the extent that their goods and services cannot be delivered absolutely not. oh and, like, and add to that like just the like like we're talking about you, you say amazon target like kind of the fulfillers of like hey you know i can go press some fancy buttons on our you know decentralized stuff right and then we go back and we look at also FedEx, UPS, right? Like yep. those guys, we don't need the mail system anymore, right? We we really don't need that kind of stuff. So we can stop paying for that and let's let's let these guys who make billions and billions and billions that everybody complains about start looking at how do we do this as a I don't know, a road system, a road company, a you know, a system that does this better than what these guys are doing and at the same time if they're looking into the tech that helps us move around better and faster, there is also an ROI for them to do this for us in terms of like, how do we create better transportation for everybody cheaply? And yep. I, I, I I don't know, man. Like you said, people look. <laughs> it's Eric July. Get them everything. Oh, ass roads. Like I, 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 I don't want to take. You know, like that's that's his line, and I get it. But it is so fundamental and so basic. Um, like and really quick, like yeah. Larry Sharp gave us permission to do this. He said, "Steal my ideas." Yeah. In the Larry Sharp way, though, that steal my ideas, Brian. Um, and he <laughs> was talking about New York City back, uh, particularly like oh, look at all the bridges going to New York City. Yeah. What if, just like with the NFL stadiums where you have Lumen Stadium, do anybody know what Lumen is? No, I do because I'm in the telecommunications industry for my day job. Lumen was formerly CenturyLink, which is one of the big teleco providers more on the West Coast. They are now the uh, the stadium for the Seattle Seahawks. 
um, which formerly was CenturyLink Field. Now it's Lumen Field. Yeah. And you see there is an incentive for Lumen to slap their name on the Seattle Seahawks stadium because it gives them so much more publicity, right? So much free, well, not free. They're, spent, they're paying very much for that, that naming right. <laughs> gives them publicity that's why you see billboards on the roads so let's just change this right yep. so all of a sudden you're driving instead of i-81 south you're driving on i-81 amazon highway south right and this part of amazon just like you see the little sign saying this this part of the road was fixed by harry's community center and like you have like the little kids out there with the little pitchforks and they're getting all the garbage off the roads same thing but this part of the road was paid for by amazon like delivering smiles whatever they're fucking saying is yeah. like, have that but that would be the the means that the, the roads would be paid for and sure it, it's going to be more towards areas that those entities are spending time but it's going to end up devolving outwards and that's the, the point you're going to see as soon as you start to change the way it's done you're going to start to create more and more competitors out there to now all of a sudden it's like oh private private doing of uh, of roads and like localities can start to talk about that like hey maybe we can get like uh, some some like hospitals and stuff to pay for some of this stuff instead of trying to go and do whatever they're doing for their marketing this is a great different way of doing things so it it changed the conversation sorry to interrupt no and and, and and to your point too because this is a great incentive structure type of conversation again when you look at roads or bridges especially because larry sharp makes that i i hope everybody steals my ideas you know so i don't have to do this kind of stuff anymore if we're talking about incentive structure i don't know maybe you're not you know old enough to remember what happened in minnesota when the bridge collapsed right the incentive mm. structure for the government is give us more money because we did a bad job and yep. a bridge collapse under our watch we need more money versus the incentive structure for somebody who owns that bridge now who you know there's some responsibility because you own the bridge. I can point to you and I can say you as a corporation yes. now own that bridge. So it is in your best interest to make sure that that bridge is in shape for travel. It is in the best shape that it can be, that it doesn't pose any risk. Because what happens if your bridge collapses as a private entity? Holy, that's going to cost you a ton of money. It's going to cost us lives. It's going to cost us things that you know people... Um, would would rather not think about, I think, in a lot of, t but it takes the incentive structure and it pinpoints responsibility. It pins that that rose right where it needs to be, and now those people are going to make sure that your bridges, your infrastructure for travel or energy or whatever is, it's safer, it's better, it's more robust. And at the end of the day, if it's not, then you at least have recourse to sit there and go them because that never ever ever happens with government now. Bingo. And that's, and frankly, Shane, that's why I think we're seeing such a, a I, I want to say a, a better approach to the way we've seen the Liberty Movement approach our, our messaging and coalition building over the past few years. You look at when I first spoke to you in 2018 to where we are today, yeah. the party entirely different, um, the messaging entirely different, the coalition's are entirely different and i think objectively speaking all in the right direction uh, and i know there's going to be people who listening they don't agree and that's fine you can disagree but the metrics tell me otherwise yeah the data is there and and it's not and this is the part two it's not explicitly 
the votes, right? There, there are so many other metrics that we can look at, whether it's the coalition building and the, the I mean, goodness, I went up to a, an event back up in Wisconsin in the, earlier in the year, and the number of, of business owners who were up there, I mean, the room was filled about 500 or so folks. And the, the number of people who, after my, my talk, came up to me and was like, you know, I've always believed in name my political thing, but I've always been afraid to talk about it. And just talking about the fact that people are craving for authenticity. They're craving for people to speak exactly what they believe. And actually this, I forget who it was that was talking about this, but out in California, like there are so many folks who are just starting to realize that like their neighbors actually think like them. They've been so conditioned to believe that like, oh, I'm not allowed to speak this opinion, this value, because it's an unpopular value or opinion, but everybody has that mentality. So if everybody has that mentality, and isn't speaking what they actually believe, suddenly the fake truth becomes the real truth. So all of a sudden we're seeing a change where people are starting to speak what actually they believe and it's giving other people the permission to do the same. So let's continue to speak truth, right, Shane? And let's continue to give people opportunities to now start speaking their truth. Because once we get more and more people speaking truth, it's like a domino, right? The first one goes, the next one goes, and suddenly you have an ocean of dominoes all coming down one at a time until we get to the point that the last few dominoes remain. At that point, we're going to have a pretty domino picture painted of liberty, Shane, because folks are going to be finally embracing our ideas because, again, once they see it and they see the value, they see the success, they can't unsee it. Man, I, um, I know we're, we're, we're ish time already. Yep. <laughs> so... Um, I, I, in in terms of I, man, it was on the tip of my brain as you were coming into this thing. When when we're looking and you start to see this cascade, and I see it too, man. I I, mm -hmm. I think some of the biggest dominoes are falling, um, and in people's you know reaction is that guy standing up, I'm going to stand with him. That girl standing up, I'm going to stand with him. And then you start to get some of these um, people that carry some wealth that are like, I am going to put everything on the line. I don't know, but I'm curious as to your thoughts about Elon and Twitter, because for me, I look at this and go, this could be the biggest game changer in terms of the FBI, the CIA, the DHS, and all these people that were having biweekly meetings with those organizations are not now, are not having uh, these conversations with Elon. Elon doesn't give a shit. And he's like, hey guys, listen, uh, it's going to be $8 and we're going to press on and we're going <laughs> to pay for this, right? And if he is, you know, if he's adjusting things to where the algorithms are gone in terms of filtering and, and you know, bumping some stuff up and bumping stuff, some stuff down and it's just very organically driven now as it was supposed to be, is this something that excites you? Do you think this is going to go our way? Do you think this is just this very elaborate ruse by uh, some very rich people? What do you think? Um, I I am cautiously optimistic. It's yeah. funny. There's a, a a show. I'm I'm a big uh, paranormal junkie, okay. and uh, there's a show I watch on YouTube every now and then called Nukes Top. Uh, I think it's Nukes Top Five. And every time he shows like a ghost video, at the end of it, he's like. Uh, do you believe it or is it all an elaborate hoax? Right. And so like, now I'm just like everything I'm, I'm like, <laughs> is it real or is it an elaborate hoax? Right? And like, and I get that with this situation. Right. Cause 
I mean, let's and you have to put your objective hat on, right? So objective hat. Um, Elon has had no issues in the past taking government dollars to then funnel into his projects, which have turned successful, and he has paid back the the money. But the fact that he has that working relationship, it does yield some concern, right? Some 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 pause at the very least. And his past open endorsement of more left-leaning policies. Now, I think he has also, like many folks over the past few years, started to see the writing on the wall that the, the Democratic Party has more, more and more embraced far-left progressive policies. Yeah. And with that has completely abandoned even some semblance of some rationality that it used to have. So with that, I think he understands as well that right now, that is the major concern that we have to address, not just as a country, but as a, I think a society, is how do we fight back from this leftist progressive takeover and start to revert back to what we know are fundamental truths, the ability to have free speech, the ability to protect oneself, the right to privacy, um, and, and just go down the line, right? Like we, these are, these are truths that we hold self-evident and they are self-evident because they should not have to be explained or- <laughs> yeah, I don't have to defend this. Right. But like here we are in 2022 and we're having this conversation about like free speech, Twitter being the equivalent of the beginning of fascism. What are we doing? Yeah. And I think Elon is doing something and you mentioned the, the money behind it, right? Like he's putting $44 billion and then some, including his reputation at risk. And he's seeing right now the pushback. He is for the most part standing semi-firm. There are areas he's tried to to placate a little bit, but I think he's realizing you cannot you cannot uh, negotiate with with terrorists. Yeah. And at this point, he's the only really person I've seen on a large scale be the voice to say this is this is too far, and we're going to do things differently. And I think that's going to give a lot of other folks permission again to now start to say the same. So from a liberty standpoint of like looking at Twitter, cautiously optimistic from Elon just himself putting himself in this position and, and leading as he is, that I think is actually more important because it's giving other people the permission now that they were looking for if they were higher up on the totem pole in society to now maybe take a little bit of a turn away from what they thought was the popular narrative that left is cool, progressive is cool, and instead start to understand maybe we've gone a little bit too far and we have to reel things back. Yeah, gives them a platform to say their truth too without yes. fear of being absolutely canceled and rejected and depersoned. And Sarah Silverman, Shane, of all people, right? Like she's yeah. not exactly a friend of ours, but no. I think she's somebody we could talk to. And she originally was really concerned with Elon. And then she started to dig more into what he's actually promoting. And she's like, oh, okay. I'm actually kind of like cautiously optimistic as well on her side as a lefty. So I think there's some yin and yang here. And I think there's a great opportunity for us to have some success. But again, it requires us to do our part and to do things a little differently as well. Yeah. So let's not lead in with, you know, libtard and, and you know, leftist <laughs> tears. Like I get the appeal. Yeah. But let's instead try to reach a different market instead of just going in trying to obliterate the the leftists or the obliterate the progressives. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know that that love agent that uh, that I've been pushing lately, man. Is, is yes. I don't 
I mean, start small, right? Start with your immediate family. Tell them how much you love them on a daily oh, basis. Text people. Tell them you love them. Your friends, the ones that may have done some silly, silly stuff over the past two years. Tell them you love them. Like, reach out and do that kind of stuff. And you, I'm, oh, golly, the, the, what you can do, what you can elicit, what you can stir. And when you, when you do these things, there is a redemptive quality, right? It's like if you're rejecting somebody saying, I love you, I don't care what happened in the past and all that kind of stuff, like, uh, or, or I even forgive you for God's sakes, it's like, man, that is a redemptive quality that endears you, not only to those people, but anybody who's looking at this situation. So I agree with you, man. It's like go out there and love people and love on them hard during these times. Um, and I, I think that's probably a great place to start, you know, putting a nice bow on what we've been talking about for the day, man. I mean, seriously, we blew them through like 50 minutes. Just, I mean, like that. Always, man. Uh, Always. Crazy. Um, Brian, tell my audience and everybody else, you know, like what we can do for you, how we, you know, what's the best way to help you and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Shane. Um, number one is support the show, right? So everything I'm doing at the show, it's it many times is a labor of love. I know you get that, right? So what I ask folks to do is any way they can support the program, whether it's a one-time PayPal donation, whether it's going over on our Patreon, becoming a uh, supporting listener over there. Heck, I've even gone on my way. So one of my secret behind-the-scenes passion projects, I love graphic design. So I've been doing a lot of new uh, T-shirts and stuff out there. So I have like our Liberty Legends shirt, our Klaus Schwab. Now that's what I call tyranny in the style of now that's what I call music shirt. A uh, bunch of other new stuff. No farmers, no food. What happened in 1971? Magic money tree shirt. All those are available over at briannicholshow.com forward slash shop. So if folks are looking to rock some Liberty swag, or at the very least, it's the holidays and they want to go ahead and get some gifts for folks, go there. Use code TBNS at checkout. Gives you a discount there uh, when you uh, go ahead and get ready to uh, check out there at the uh, the end of the, the purchase. But other, otherwise, I mean, support the show beyond that. Go ahead, give me a subscribe over uh, your favorite podcasting app, briannicholshow.com. Uh, you can find pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can just find it right there as well. And then also, uh, I have a video version of the show too. So I've been on YouTube now for about two-ish years. We're getting the the channel started to build up that a little bit more, but also launched over on Rumble as well as over on Odyssey. So again, uh, find that at Liberty, And of course, just hit that little notification bell because YouTube sucks and they uh, will go ahead and hide <laughs> the notifications and stuff. And I think uh, Tim Poole says it best too. If you're afraid of the big tech oligarchs just like controlling the media, be the notification. Like go out and share what's your what folks are doing like and i try to do this too like i see a show that one of my, my boys are going with or one of my girls are doing i'm gonna go ahead and give you a retweet like because we need to be able to support each other yeah. and share each other's stuff because all it takes is that one person to hear a message that they didn't hear before in a different way from a certain person that speaks to them to launch them on their liberty path so i think it's on us to be part of that solution and sharing each other's values and sharing each other's content so uh, otherwise uh, that's where you can find me at B Nichols Liberty. Shane, I cannot thank you enough for allowing me the chance to be radical today. And I'm sure my audience uh, who's listening to this on the co-air is excited to uh, to hear 
the the libertarian governor's perspective, obviously, on election day. Oh yeah, by the way, it's election day too. How would we not really dig into that? Um, uh, maybe because we, everybody knows, like we right? did, okay. we we did a thing, we did a debate, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, I think you know this. Uh, what what you just said, you know, reminds me of the entire conversation. The incentive structure here for us to give you guys the best content we can that Amen. is not the mainstream. Um, this has got to make sense for guys like myself and Brian. So go out there and support Brian. Like seriously, you know, the, the one time payments being, you know, a subscriber buying some merch that you, that's comfortable that you'll wear. Like, uh, yeah. I, I got my voting t-shirt on. Have you seen it? No, no, no. It's Rothbard and it says Texas Dick and he's got a, he's got a big fat J in his mouth. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go vote in this in a little while. And, uh, <laughs> I was wearing my at the gym this morning. I had my stop trusting government bureaucrats shirt on um, in, in honor of our good old Anthony Fauci. But I'm debating whether I wear. Um, let's see. I could do my no farmers, no food shirt, or I might do my good ideas don't require force hoodie. I got to decide which one I want to wear to vote today. I like the no. Uh, the good ideas don't require force. That's a great shirt. I, I, and that one actually, that one sells the most. We have that one on a uh, snapback too. Um, I wore that in Florida when I went to Young Americans for Liberty Rev 2022. And like, I, I kid you not, from the time I got into the airplane to the time I like got out of the airport, like 15 people came out. They're like, I love your hat. Where, like, where can I get that? And I was like, Brianicholshow.com. Huh. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, oh, is it a show too? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, I'm going to subscribe. Any, any Anything that like says that stuff, I like that. And I was like, all right. Like, and that's what it takes, guys. Start the conversation. Go get merch. Go that's make right. it happen. Brian, um, happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Well. Um, and I look forward to the new addition in the Nichols family, man. Congratulations on that as well. He's going to be, man. A, a, I know it's, <laughs> he's going to be a dad, ladies and gents. Right around the corner. Woo. Yeah. Go, go help him out. Um, especially the dads in the Liberty Movement. Like, we need all the help we can get. So, amen. Uh, <laughs> And Brian, I hope you have an awesome Tuesday, man. Thanks again for hanging out with me. Until next time, ladies and gents, um, I will be back here most likely tomorrow. I don't know if we'll talk about what happens later today or not. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Until then, though, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people.